0: Hey everyone, Dr. B here. Thanks for joining me again on Ask the Dentist. This is a podcast where you can ask a dentist a question. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward, right? Yeah, I would agree, except that my answers are not as straightforward as I would like because the answer is always very difficult. It's very gray and today, you know, it's not binary. It's not yes or no and simple in terms of what to do. But that's exactly why this podcast exists. There's so much to explain. And sometimes it's just easier to talk about it rather than to write about it. And again, my daughter and I have been doing that for 10 years on the website, askthedentist.com. And certainly that's a great resource still. So, but today's question really illustrates how it's important really just to talk about things, talk out loud. And today's question is about dental sealants for children. And I really like how Holly asks the question. You'll hear her say this, but she basically, basically says that she needs to know what I didn't know. And I love that. It's so important to be inquisitive and to realize that there's stuff we don't know. And I think moms are really, okay, some dads, I'm not going to rule out that a dad can't think this way, but parents really are the best at this because they are extremely motivated because they want the best for their children. So they're always thinking, is there something that I need to know more than what I already know about my kid's health, for example? So today's question is about About dental sealants and it illustrates this perfectly, that there is a lot to know and there is no easy answer. So let's continue. I'm going to let Holly ask her question and then I'll get into it and try and explain everything there is to know about dental sealants and whether it's a good idea or not. I am very curious to know more about dental sealants. I only have one kid and she's eight and her dentist wants to put a sealant on her teeth. They weren't able to tell me what's in it. They just kept saying it's a white protective sealant. They wouldn't even tell me like what kind it is. I don't even. So I'm just trying to find out more about that and find it very difficult to learn more about dental sealants and whether or not they're a good or a bad thing. But there's one thing I've learned this year is that I need to know what I didn't know before. I buy into what I'm being told. So I'm just very curious what your thoughts are on dental sealants for children. I need to know what I didn't know. I love that, Holly. That's great. Especially when it comes to your kids. And as you were inferring, you weren't happy with the lack of, I don't want to say lack of knowledge, but the lack of information you were getting from your dentist. And the questions you're asking are valid. And you'll see why later, because this is something that's in your child's mouth for a long time, three to 10 years. So let me give you some background on sealants first. What is a sealant for those who haven't really thought about it or haven't had to deal with that? Dental sealants are... A thin plastic coating that seal over the grooves that we have on our biting surfaces, on the occlusal surfaces. And some people have very deep grooves. We call these deeply invaginated grooves, this is genetically determined. And some people have very shallow grooves. You can imagine that a deeply invaginated groove, once the bacteria get past the groove into the little cave or chamber below it, they're going to have a terrible time with cavities. Once the bacteria get in there, you can't get to that cavity with a toothbrush and toothpaste. So sealants cover up that groove. And depending on how well the technique is and how soon it's done, I'll talk a little bit more about that. But sealants can last for about three To 10 years. I've seen some patients come in in their 50s and 60s and they still have sealants, which is amazing. And on those teeth, most of them, there is no decay. Now, on some of them, typically we do sealants by the quadrant, and if we do sealants, we do all the teeth that have erupted. So when I see a 40 or 50 year old with sealants, I kind of have an idea of which teeth the sealants worked on and which ones they didn't work on because there will be some decay for example all the teeth have been sealed in all the quadrants the teeth that erupted at age 6 or at age 12 and maybe one of the molars or two have decay so that tells you that sealants are not 100% effective and in fact the studies do show that they're about 80% effective it depends on what study you're looking at there's a cochrane review there's a cdc study and you know most of these studies agree that if the sealant's well done and it's done at the right time, in other words, the tooth has just erupted, then you could reduce the amount of decay or the likelihood of decay on that tooth. But the controls on these studies are very weak. So why does this matter? Because it's possible that there are variables such as diet, of the child in the family, number of dental visits, dental hygiene habits. Most of these kids that are getting sealants are different than the kids that aren't getting sealants because they're not seeing a dentist and their socioeconomic, ethnic differences and you know how often you see the dentist. So the studies are it's difficult to say how effective they are. Clinically, and again I've been doing this for 35 years, sealants can work, but not always, and they fail miserably sometimes. And sometimes when I go in to remove a sealant on a tooth that looks fine. Maybe I'm going in to fix a fractured tooth and I remove the sealant and I see decay underneath the sealant. Sometimes you'll see it underneath the x-ray. You'll see a nicely sealed tooth and there's a decay visible on the x-ray. So, it can be very misleading. It's not perfect. Again, remember what I said earlier in this episode. Nothing is easy. There are always variables. It's always kind of a gray answer. It's not clear whether sealants are you know, that effective. And again, sealants need to be done right when the teeth erupt. How easy is it to get the patient in at the right time? It's difficult. For a few years, there was just telling moms and dads, bring them in when you see that tooth. Well, The parents would make the appointment. We would make the allowance of of getting that child in the next day uh, because we made a note in their chart saying that when they do call, it's urgent. And I'll look at it and realize that the tooth's been out for, you know, six weeks and the parents can't, it's hard for them to gauge when a tooth erupts. When is the right time to seal the tooth? Also, the other variables, diet, acid, acidic diets, mouth breathing, very dry mouth, lack of saliva. It's not a perfect science, unfortunately. Here's the issue. And this is why you're asking this question. And this is, where it gets really gray, there are a lot of risks associated with the placement of sealants. And again, like anything, like fluoride, like mercury and metal fillings, you know, you have to risk, sorry, you have to weigh, you know, the good and bad. And it's always a double-edged sword. And I always fall back to my lesser of two evils argument. What is the, in the end, you know, is it better to get a cavity or to deal with a neurotoxin, a mercury filling in your mouth for the rest of your life? That's just an example of that way of thinking. And in this case, sealants do contain endocrine disruptors. And we all know that that's a terrible, Thing. It can, especially in a developing child, it can really affect them. It can lead to cancers later on in life, for example, and other developmental issues. So the question is: how much BPA, you know, bisphenol A or bis GMA, that's a very common ingredient in composites, how much of it is in a plastic filling or a sealant? And is it relevant? And, you know, most of the studies are, again, at best not ambivalent, but, you know, they give some data, but they don't really, it's not a perfect study. In other words, we don't have a conclusive answer. And again, this is where my lesser of two evils argument comes. If at worst, there is a significant exposure to BPA, for example, and by the way, the BPA exposure is at its greatest when the sealant is placed just like an amalgam filling. When the material is near the mouth, the child is inhaling it, it's in its free form and hasn't polymerized yet. It hasn't hardened yet due to exposure to an ultraviolet light. This is how these materials get placed and hardened in place. Then that's when the blood levels of BPA are very high in the child for up to 24 hours. And so the studies don't really measure that. And it's impossible to look down the road 10, 20 years and say, well, was there a complication from a lot of sealants being done or a lot of plastic filling? But I'll give you my thoughts on all this near the end of this episode because I I don't want to depress you and, and make it difficult for you to make a decision. And remember, I raised three daughters, and I'll tell you exactly what I did with them. So we've got the studies. The researchers have found that there's an estrogenic effect, and that's not good. The question is, is how much? The ADA, American Dental Association, no surprise, like they do with fluoride, ingestion of fluoride and mercury. They basically say that there isn't enough of the material to be concerned about okay, whatever. I'm not going to comment on that. And, you know, saying that there's not enough BPA to cause you any harm is, that's not right for a professional organization to say, especially since they don't have the studies to support that statement. The amount of BPA exposure, again, as I said, is at its highest during the application process. And then it levels out after 20, 30, 40 hours. So that is a concern. Who should get dental sealants? Children, again, when the tooth erupts, If the tooth is in the mouth too long above the gum line and has erupted, those grooves have been exposed to bacteria and the sealants may cover up those bacteria. There are some studies that say that's okay because you've removed the ability for those bacteria to take in oxygen. Although, again, I've removed a lot of sealants. 10, 15 years after the fact and seen decay underneath the sealant. So my clinical, and this is other dentists agree with me, Dr. Stacy Whitman, a colleague of mine, who, by the way, has written a great article on sealants on AskTheDentist.com. I will link that in the show notes, agrees with me on that. And she is seeing a lot of children and probably does more sealants than I do. She's a pediatric dentist. So if your child has very deep grooves and, not or, and is at a high risk for getting cavities, in other words, his mouth eating a lot of processed foods, refined flour, sugars, crackers, sugary drinks, and it's getting to be out of control where every time they come in, there's a big blowout cavity and there's a chance of losing the tooth or needing a pulpotomy or a root canal. If it's an adult tooth, then really find someone like Stacy, a really skilled pediatric dentist, rubber dam technique, isolate the teeth and really put in a nice sealant. And again, sealants aren't perfect. They can break, they can dissolve, they chip, they have ledges where bacteria can can catch and deposit themselves on. And I, and I think a lot of practitioners will agree with me on this, before I place the sealant, even if the groove looks clean, again, we can only do a visual inspection and I'm looking at it under a four and a half X magnification. Even if the groove looks clean, I will trace the groove out with a little fissureotomy burr. It's a burr that is, how do I, a burr is that little drill bit that we use in our hand pieces, our dental drills and it's a very non-traumatic sized bit and you can just paint that drill bit into the groove and clean out the groove and you don't need anesthesia for that. You haven't entered the enamel and it's a great way to know if there is decay there or not because then we can palpate the tooth tissue underneath that with a an explorer. Uh, it's a sharp instrument that if, if it's a hard surface it doesn't engage. So that's what I do with all my sealants. Yes, does it take longer? Absolutely. Do I charge a little bit more? Absolutely, because it takes longer. But I don't have to numb the kid up typically unless there's a cavity, of course. But this gives me some peace of mind. I've cleaned it out and I've also increased the retention, the likelihood, that that sealant will stay in place because the groove is a little bit deeper. There's more of a retentive feature to it when I pour or paint in the the resin, the dental sealant. So I'm not going to say that dental sealants are not necessary. I think in the end, it's on a case-by-case selection process. It has to be for the right child. And you have to know what the dangers are with the BPA and the endocrine disruptors and all that. That's really important. You don't want these chemicals in your child's mouth. So how do I get around that bit of it? I use a material from Germany. I keep updating myself on what is the safest material. This information is about a year old. I think it still holds. And that is I I use a material made in Germany by Admira Fusion as being, I think, the safest material. So if you do use the sealant, get the stuff from Germany. And here's the thing. You have every right to ask your dentist about what's in it, what are the pros and cons and what is the best material? And if you don't get a solid answer, then yes, you ask me, get on the pod, you know, ask someone on a podcast, find a different dentist. Again, we have a directory of functionally minded dentists that are asking these questions of themselves. I said earlier that I raised three daughters and a few of them did get sealants. There were some areas that I was worried about. Again, very selective. It wasn't kind of this rubber stamp approach where all my kids or all my young patients got sealants because... There's that other side that you have to worry about, and those are the chemicals. So anyway, I hope that explains the whole issue with sealants. It's, again, a double-edged sword, and, but, Again, it goes back to, you need to know what I didn't know. And I think I gave you enough information. So now you can make a qualified, informed decision and feel good about it. So seal the teeth if absolutely necessary. If you don't get the information you're wanting or what I've just told you and, and you go ask your dentist about this and they either don't want to tell you or they can't, then find someone that can. So again, I'll give you the link to that directory um, as I conclude this episode. So anyway... Love that question, Holly. Thank you so much. It's so important uh, to know everything possible. And of course, that is an impossible state. Do we ever get there? Do we ever know everything we need to know? But the more we know, the more we don't know, right? I mean, you've heard that. And don't let that discourage you. Every little bit of information will help and will certainly help your children and help you make a qualified and informed and safe decision. So in summary, anything you put in your body, anything you put in your mouth, you have to ask questions about. You have to know what are the pros and cons? You know, Dennis. I remember in dental school, they really emphasized in dental materials, in our dental materials segment, that everything has to be biocompatible or biomimetic. In other words, something that is like the body or from the body or is kind to the body, biocompatible. And I really thought, yeah, that's great. But then after a while, you realize we have very few options that are perfect. So, that's why you have to ask these questions. And for example, fluoride, ingestion of fluoride for your children, the placement of metal filling with mercury in them and dental sealants with BPA and endocrine disruptors. I mean, these are all things you need to know about. And I think it's up to the profession. I think it's up to your dentist to really make this clear to you that only use it if you absolutely have to. And again, back to my lesser of two evils argument, what would happen if you didn't do the procedure? Is that less of an evil? Does that have a lesser effect or detrimental effect on you or your child than actually putting in that material in your mouth. So that's the foundational question to ask. And I've always been that way. That's why I, coming out of dental school, even though they brainwashed me, telling me that ingestion of fluoride was the greatest public health miracle of all time, I always thought, That just does not make sense to me. So when Catherine was born and Elizabeth and then Marie, they all were raised on distilled water and they did not ingest any fluoride. So anyway, enough of that. I hope that was enough of an explanation and answer to your question about dental sealants. Again, loved the question. Thank you, Holly. If you have any questions, please go ahead and ask me. I'm happy to be here for you and answer your question as best as I can. If you do, go to speakpipe.com slash askthedentist. If you want to just read in general about what I'm saying about oral health, Health and my thoughts on pretty much everything. We've covered almost everything on our website and we keep updating it. Go to askthedentist.com. And if you're looking for a dentist that has a similar kind of approach and view on oral health. That's a a growing market, thank goodness. And go to our directory, go to askthedentist.com slash directory, and you will find someone that can answer that question for you and can tell you what's in the material that's going into your child's mouth. It's important to know. So again, thank you so much for joining me on this episode about dental sealants. I hope to see you again soon. We will be talking about lots of things, oral health in general, but it will go beyond that, I promise you. Thanks. Great to have you back. Bye. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search our Find a Dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.